the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Here's Rob Black. Taking a look at the markets on a day-by-day basis. Taking a look at your money on a day-by-day basis. Taking a look at your 401k. Some of the business news, some of the political news that affects your retirement. Don't be so naive to think that's not what happens. When politicians get involved, your retirement changes. A lot of things have been happening recently. Some of them positive. Some of them positive in the world of politics. For instance, looks like President Obama has kind of freed up Tim Geithner to run around on CNBC and talk. He'd basically been on a you know a no-talk kind of mission for quite a while. And it's turning into a little bit of a more pro-business environment in the White House. Now, I know that's hard to believe. Democrats in the White House aren't thought to be pro-business in any way, shape, or form. But it's, it, there's a couple flags out there that's, that say that is the case. For instance, there was a settlement with Goldman Sachs. Instead of saying, we're going to sue the, the bejesus out of you, there was a settlement. And again, get back to business, Goldman uh, you're going to pay a huge fine, but go get back to business. So I'm kind of liking a little bit, you know, it's, it's that stupid green shoot analogy. I'm, I'm liking a little bit of the green that I'm seeing out there. Now, again, I don't know if the green shoots planted on fertile grand, ground and will they take and hold or is the green shoots planted on a rock and they'll just ultimately die out. It's it's I don't know. I'm not going to get silly with you and go in that kind of direction. Got a big day today. Uh, lots of earnings news to digest. Stock market that's doing its its own little digestion here and there. We're going to be uh, talking about Apple throughout the morning this morning as Apple is holding a press conference to discuss uh, what they're going to do. Are they going to issue a recall or not? Or are they going to issue a partial fix where you would go into an Apple store and get your iPhone coated with a, a chemical so that to um, stop the, the transference of energy from the the antenna to your human body and thus disrupting the ability for the phone to keep good phone calls. So we got a good day planned for you. It's, it's a good show. We've got lots of content. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so let's take a look at the market. Let's see how we're, we're trading in the morning action today. New York Stock Exchange. That's the classic bell. It opened. Google reported numbers last night that on a revenue standpoint were great. On an earnings standpoint, not so good because they did a lot of hiring. So Wall Street says, you know what? We've had six, seven, eight winning days, sideways day. Let's take a break. The Dow's down 227. NASDAQ's down 56. S&P 500 down 26. So that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Again, am I expecting the market to do anything dramatic this summer? No. Not until at least the end of the, the middle part of August to the end of August. And when we start shaping up to see what we're looking at as far as employment as far as consumer spending in the, the back half of the year, the back to school slash the Christmas time. 
So that's what I'm looking for. Elsewhere, the economy, it may be in the dumps, but at least we've got some bargains out there. Fox News Radio's Jill Nato with that from Washington. Thanks to cheaper gas prices, consumer prices have taken a fall for the third month in a row. The Fed say the consumer price index dropped by 0.1%. That comes on the heels of a drop of 0.2% last month. The numbers indicate that inflation is under control, but it also means companies don't want to jack up prices because they're afraid of scaring off cash-strapped customers. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News Radio. So we keep an eyeball on inflation. We keep an eyeball on consumer prices. Uh... What you don't want to see is prices of our consumer goods going higher when we're losing jobs and when wages aren't going higher because we're losing jobs. And thus, the employer has more power than the employee to prevent wage increases. So inflation's a big, big thing. I know it's what's one of those boring economic words that you probably don't put a lot of merit into, but consumer prices are pretty critical to watch. Uh, consumer prices, when they're being increased... It tends to tell you that the corporation is going to make a little bit more money. When the corporation makes a little bit more money, the corporation tends to see a good reflection in their stock. They tend to, which is good in your 401k, which then you your house goes up in value because you're feeling pretty good and you go out there and you spend. And um, you see how it kind of all plays in together. It's, the hip bone truly is connected to the elbow. In, in the case of the economy. So consumer prices are important to watch. There, there's no doubt about it. And uh, you don't want to see inflation without – you don't want to see inflation unless there's wage increases because it comes down to you and I have a set finite amount of money and we need to grow it over time to fight inflation. It's the number one thing that you do with your 401k. You're trying to fight inflation. And uh, we're feeling pretty lousy right now about the current economy. We heard this morning a little bit of economic data on it. Fox News Radio's Jill Nato in Washington with the numbers to prove it. The Consumer Sentiment Index has fallen to its lowest level since last summer, and that's quite a drop. The average level of the index is about 87. For the start of July, it was down all the way to about 66.5. Economists say the blame goes to record unemployment, a sour real estate market, and worries over a double-dip recession. So consumer sentiment is... Yeah, we're two years into Obama's uh, election. How's he doing? Look at the employment numbers. Not so good. I feel bad. I thought we just spent a trillion dollars to get those employment numbers lower. So consumer sentiment's interesting because uh, let's say your wife wants to put in new windows and yet you kind of keep hearing that jobs aren't out there. You know, you've been standing at the coffee cooler a little bit too long. You hear that job cuts might be coming down the road. Wife wants to put in windows. You hear about job cuts coming down the road. No windows going. Thus, the window manufacturers don't make their money. Thus, the window installers don't make their money. Thus, the, the money that the window installer goes out and spends at a local bar because he's had a bad day and he hates his boss. That doesn't happen. The waitress who uh, is a single mother with a, with, without a daddy, um, she doesn't get her tips from the, the window. Like, Do you see how it all plays together? She doesn't get her money, and then it doesn't go into the nursery and the local school and blah, 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 blah. You get the idea. So consumer sentiment's kind of interesting. It's one of the, the pieces of data that I don't really put a lot of faith in in any way, shape, or form because to me, consumer data, consumer sentiment, it, it's tied into I heard that the economy is bad out there. And on one hand, we got 10%, roughly 10% unemployment in the United States. Right. That's awful. That's very, very historically high. But on the other hand, 90 percent of us have jobs. Mm, OK, now the real rate of joblessness, that can all be argued and, and, and pushed around, manipulated. So I'm not putting a lot of faith in consumer sentiment. 
um, because a lot of it's projecting onto other people. You know, you open up a newspaper and newspaper needs to sell, sell, you know, advertisements. They need to sell the paper. Uh, so they're going to put a story on that's sensational. It's not, you know, the average guy on the average road in the average part of America with the average job and the average family and the average number of kids. They're going to put on the, the family of four who went bankrupt that lives right next to that average family. And that family of four, they're not going to tell you the difference between the average family who didn't overspend, who budgeted, who, who stayed in line, who didn't overbuy. But they're going to tell you the, comp- the, the, the family that, you know, overspent and went bankrupt. So and then you get that like it must be more people out there than me. So anyway, you get the idea. Next up in the world of business news, the U.S. financial sector, it opened with losses today. Fox Business Radio's Brenda Bootner reports from New York. Can you bank on banks? Well, Citigroup and Bank of America reported lower revenues, even though those banks, as well as J.P. Morgan Chase, had higher earnings as loan losses fell, but trading revenue off because the market fell, too, this spring. Brenda Butner, Fox News Radio. Here's my opinion on investing in banks. You don't do it for a day. You don't do it for a month. You don't do it for a quarter. You don't do it for a year. You do it for your life. If our banks don't go higher, if our publicly traded banks don't go higher in your life, trust me, nothing that you own is going to be worth value. If our banks don't operate and lend money, nothing that you own is going to be worth value except for a shotgun, a blow-up doll, and maybe a pantry full of food. There's going to be nothing worth money if banks don't work well. Banks are the easiest, no-brainer type of investment over a period of time. If they don't work well, our economy dies. And finally today, a record settlement in a civil case stemming from the subprime mortgage mess. Fox News Radio's Jane Metzler has the details. Calling it a lesson to Wall Street, SEC Enforcement Director Robert Kazami announcing... Goldman Sachs has agreed to pay more than a half billion dollars to settle charges that it misled investors. Those investors bought mortgage securities from an investment bank betting they would fail. Who gets the settlement money? $250 million will be used to compensate investors. $300 million will go to the United States Treasury. The SEC's Lauren Reisner, the penalties the largest against a financial company in SEC history, still less than expected, and not even 5% of Goldman Sachs' net income last year. Jay Metzler, Fox News Radio. So again, I'm telling you, the Obama administration is sending out a message there that we're going to back off Goldman. And like my previous story where I tell you, you've got a lot of safety investing in banks over your lifetime. This is the, the U.S. Con- this is our, our White House saying we need Goldman Sachs to go out there and make money and make deals because what we're doing in the world of stimulus ain't working. We need them to take over for what we can't. We need them to create jobs. We need them to lend money. You lend money to a company, they create jobs. Whether they're building a building or whether they're hiring new people, they create jobs. This is this is the Goldman settlement is the White House putting up the white flag. We like the small people. We love to protect their interests, but we got to save this economy. You listen, Rob Black and your money. Rob Black and your money. Don't be shy with your phone calls today. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9, 10 a.m. So some damn interesting stuff happening on Wall Street today. 
in a first dose of humble pie going the way of Steve Jobs and Apple. I mean, the first dose of humble pie, probably since the Newton. This is intriguing. So they're live at Cupertino at this point in time. The the press conference is still unrolling, but I got a live feed to it, and it's given me a lot of good information. The room, half empty. You've never seen an Apple event where the room is half empty. Clearly what they're going to be talking about is the death grip, is what it's been come to known as. Uh, the death grip meaning when you hold the iPhone in a certain manner, you lose antenna. You lose power. So it all depends on how you hold the phone as far as getting good reception. But we're going to get into this in just a second. Um, they're showing something called the iPhone antenna song. They, they started by playing the iPhone antenna song. It's trying to show a sense of humor the chorus went, if you don't want an iPhone 4, don't buy it. If you bought one and you don't like it, bring it back. Steve Jobs is there, so he's taking this seriously. Like I said, he's the one who has to eat the humble pie because he's the one who we see as the creative guru genius. He starts his first sentence, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Our phones are not perfect either, but we want to make all of our users happy. That's what drives us to make these products in the first place. He wants to talk about the issues. So he's about 10 minutes into it. He says the iPhone has sold 3 million since launch three weeks ago. So first of all, he's plugging the success of it. It's the best product Apple's ever made. It's the most uh, demanded product Apple's ever made, to be quite honest with you, in its first 100 days. He notes that users seem to love it. Highest customer satisfaction ratings of any iPhone so far out of the four. This one is the winner. And it's also got the highest satisfaction ratings of any smartphone. So he's starting with the positives, right? He's staying humbling. He starts to go into the reports of problems with the antenna, seeing, you know, large drop in bars. It's been dubbed Antenna Gate, um, he says. Steve notes that they have only been shipping the phone for 22 days. He notes that Apple is engineering driven, that they want to find out the real problem. He says they've been working their butts off to come up with real solutions. Now to the data, Jobs says it turns out the problem is not unique to the iPhone 4. So he shows a video of YouTube. And he shows Nokia phones doing the same exact thing and Motorola phones doing the same exact thing. Now, I don't much care for that. He's taking a shot at his competition. I guess he's trying to educate us that, you know, the human skin with any sort of antenna near it is going to absorb some of the electrical power or do something along that. He says that he's doing their own testing of other phones. He starts with the BlackBerry Bold 9700. He shows bars drop from 5 to 1 rapidly. Identical to the videos on the web about the iPhone 4, HTC Droid, etc., with four bars dropping to zero. Samsung Omnia 2, same thing, with four bars down to one. He says most phones behave exactly the same way. This is life, you know, this is life in the smartphone market, he says. Phones are not perfect. Most every smartphone they tested has a weak signal area when you grip the phone a certain way. So he's going way out of his way to say this is not unique to us. Now, again, we still don't have a solution. Uh, so what I'm hearing is that Apple wants to give away a free case. That's not going to hurt their earnings. It's not going to hurt their stock. What I'm hearing is they want you to bring the phone into Apple stores and they're going to paint a coating on it or something along those lines to, you know, help improve the situation as well as maybe a software fix here or two. Um, he just shows ideal spots where one should hold the iPhone to make the call. <laughs> now, that's arrogant. OK, here's how you can hold the phone. OK, you have to stand up on your head upside down. You got to get a swing, get a swing going, swing back and forth, and that's the perfect way to make your iPhone 4 phone call. He says um, less than 1% of iPhone users have called in about reception issues. So he's saying it's a very small sampling that most people hold the phone in the right way and that most people don't care. Now, 
I don't know about that. Where do you stand on this? I would love for you to call in and say Apple's doing the right thing. Apple's doing the wrong thing. Apple is known for a company to you know sell the product when it's ready. They tend to engineer something for a year and a half, two years, three years if they have to. They tend to industrial design it correctly. They tend to take their time, and it looks like this might have got rushed. Where do you stand on Apple? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get calls on the air. I'd love to hear your feedback on Apple. Or perhaps I, I brought up a controversial statement already when I said it looks like the Obama administration started to play nice with business. Backing off of Goldman Sachs, basically doing a settlement. They could have taken it to court. They could have embarrassed the company. They could have gone after criminal charges. They said, you know what? Take about five to ten days of your earnings this year. Give it to us. We'll call it good. We'll go away. So where do you stand? 800-345-5639 or 415 if you're out of the area. 322-9101. That's 415-322-9101. Some other big stories out there today is we've had great earnings from Alcoa. Great earnings from Intel. Great earnings from JP Morgan and CSX. Google, not so much. A little disappointing coming out of great Google to Moogleta. First, I should also mention this. Uh, Apple shares are trading down 33 cents on that big story. So now let's go back to the current story that I'm talking about is great Google to Moogla. They reported earnings. They're dropping 27 bucks down 5.5%. So they've been playing in the 430 to 475 range. Today, they're trading at 466. They were making a big move yesterday before the earnings. And uh, ultimately, Wall Street wasn't all that impressed, all things considered. Heavy hitters from the financial sector spoke up. Bank of America, Citigroup, and GE all reported earnings. Let's take a look. GE once was explained to me by you, a caller, that said they're kind of like a mutual fund of companies, aren't they? And they kind of are. They have so many profitable business divisions, so they're a big conglomerate company. GE is trading down about $0.60 cents to fourteen It's I could find better than GE at this point in time as far as, you know, again, Warren Buffett once said, pretend like you've only got – 20, 20 punches on your investment ticket. You're only allowed to buy 20 companies in your lifetime. I like GE. I really like GE, but I don't know if I want it for the long term. Um, it's almost too big. And it's like saying in your investment portfolio, what do you want? Do you want um, a 450 pound dude or a 100 pound model? The 100 pound model could eat and gain weight. That 450 pound dude, it's tough to get bigger than that. So GE has to increase their dividend. They have to do more of a buyback. They have to do more more financially right things for shareholders. So anyway, Bank of America reported earnings, and uh, their stock is trading down about eight percent, down a buck twenty three to fourteen sixteen. I'd buy Bank of America because that goes into my thesis that I started earlier in the show that if you don't invest, if, if banks don't do well over the next thirty forty years, that's my that's my time horizon. If they don't do well, I'm screwed regardless. I'm screwed regardless. So Citigroup trading down uh, about 4%, down 17 cents to 398 today. And I've got some, I listened to the conference call this morning on Citigroup from about 8 to 9 a.m. And uh, I got some, you know, pull quotes from it because I thought I'd share with you what I do. I'm a little bit of a financial nerd. I'm kind of geeky that way. So my statistics in my head lean and, and cue that. So people are a little disappointed. Economic data this morning, great. CPI, inflationary numbers, you know, all things good. Um... The downside, the earnings are a little bit, a little bit on the soft side. Elsewhere in good news, BP they stopped the flow of oil from that blown out Macondo. Well, let's take a look at how BP shares are trading today. Ticker symbol BP, British Petroleum, 
if you don't get where I'm going at right now, is you can invest and become an owner in publicly traded companies. And uh, I like that. That's kind of who I am. BP is trading down about about 37. Keep in mind, a week ago, $28 stock. Then it's had a, about a 35% move up. Yep. Now it's a little bit weaker today. So it was a situation where we were waiting for it to get capped. At this point in time, it probably won't have another big move. It probably won't have another big move until we start figuring out how much, you know, are they going to pay? Is it going to be 20 million, 20 billion, 30 billion, 40 billion, 50 billion, 60 billion? We don't really know at this point. So that's going to be the next thing that really quantifies where BP British Petroleum shares go. And uh, let's, let's, let's make an easy softball throw for you and, and give you a, you know, a quick investment lesson. Toy Story 3, huge hit, right? Guess who that is incredibly good for? Uh, it's kind of like not a sister company. You know, Disney owns Pixar. Pixar makes Toy Story. Toy Story 3, huge hit this summer. It's one of the very few. But the company that makes toys, a company called Mattel, uh, they're seeing strong sales of Barbie, strong sales of Hot Wheels, and strong sales of Toy Story 3. So Mattel expects rising costs for oil, resident labor in the second half of the year, and that's going to eat into their profits. So on one hand, they say Toy Story 3 is doing great for us. On the other hand, they say we use plastic. We make plastic toys, plastic derivative of oil. So they're saying oil probably going to go higher, probably going to hurt our cost of making toys. Intriguing, don't you think? Right around the corner, we got the business of sports. Coming back, though, I'm going to give you some pull quotes from the Citigroup conference call. As well as some winners and losers in the world of investing. You're listening to Rob Black and Money, the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. And now, Rob Black and your money. I'm wildly digging this Apple press conference. It's it's just crazy intriguing. Probably in the next hour, well, definitively in the next hour, I'll recap everything that go, has gone on. But some small updates since I last left you. Um, ultimately, if you bought an iPhone, you're going to get a free case. If you bought a case, you're going to get a rebate on it or a, a refund on it. Uh, he spent a lot of time talking about how less than one call per hundred gets dropped and that the return rates are lower for the the four than, say, it was for the 3GS. 3GS was about 6% in the first 30 days, whereas the iPhone 4 is about 1.7%. So he's really trying to make a case of, this ain't no big deal. This ain't no big deal. The media is blowing it out of proportion. Um, he says about 20% of people have bought the case and he says that fixes the problem. And he said previously the 3GS about 80% walked out with the case because ultimately there was a massive design change between the 3GS and the 4, but not between the 3 and the 3GS. So the previous design change wasn't much. They already had tons of cases in the store, whereas now it's, it's, it's engineering. Now, again, He's not acting as humble as I would like him to, but that's okay. I think this is their first big misstep in many, many years. And let's face it, you know, Microsoft has 10 of these a year. So he's reviewing his case. He has uh, said he's received over 5,000 user emails saying their phone works perfectly. He says that there is a problem, but it's a small percentage of users. Um, he talked about releasing operating system 4.01, which fixes the exchange bug and the signal strength bug. As far as the bumpers, again, everyone gets a free case, refunds if you already bought one. 
He will do it for every phone through, sold through September 30th, and then he's going to reexamine the situation. At that point in time, they will send out free cases. They can't make enough bumpers. They will source uh, some of the cases and give users a choice. Pick one on the website. They'll send it out. Still not happy. He could return within 30 days to purchase full refund, no restocking fees. He wants to take care of everyone. Um, doctor, he's, he's starting to get a little bit nerdy now, talking about the white iPhone and how it's going to start shipping in July. He's tracking some issues with proximity sisters, uh, sensors, which affect a, a couple small users. He's talking about how the iPhone is going to add 17 more countries. One change in the list of South Korea is going to take a little longer than previously expected. So uh, he's doing his job. And h- how's the stock doing, you might ask? This is a big question, right? So clearly, I'm covering it in real time for you, as Wall Street's obviously watching it, too. The stock in recent days sold off about 5 to 10%, uh, depending on where you were in the day. Um, let's pull up the shares. Now, overall Dow is down 200 points. Um, Apple's up three bucks. A couple hours ago, you know, at the start of the day, Apple was down for the day, sitting at 248. Now it's 254, 254. So big swing there. Pref conference going the way that Wall Street wants it to go. So, um, interesting to note. And, uh, I'll give you more updates as they continue to come on out. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. And this morning, I was listening to a Citigroup conference call, and I just kind of want to show you where my life is. I was taking some notes just so you can see you know, what a conference call is all about. If you haven't listened to a conference call, you need to. I would say it's like being in the war room on draft day in the National Football League. I would say it's like being in the design room or... Uh, you know, high fashion when they're they're having the models try the stuff on. It gives you the most amount of meat, most amount of background stories that you could possibly imagine on Wall Street. So Citigroup said, you know, a lot of opportunities, international footprint. They're investing aggressively in Asia and Latin America. They're investing in equity businesses. Uh, they're hiring some key members. Their focus now is on Basel. Uh, they remain concerned on some financial regulation, some of the impact unknown. Um, they've never had excessive overdraft fees. They say that this is going to be immaterial to them. Debit interchange, debit purchase is not a significant business. They say the vast majority of the derivatives it did in its banking will be able to continue to do new regulation. Um, so their expenses are going to run into the 11 to $12 billion area for the rest of the year. Now, again, one of the things I do on all the companies I talk about, I keep spreadsheets and I update expenses. I update assets, liabilities, earnings, margins, everything I can update. They're uh, modestly elevated on, um, until unemployment uh, levels uh, drop. So they're focusing on selling off assets still. First two weeks of July, they've sold off about $7.2 billion of equity business. They don't believe that they need to hold assets to maturity. So those are some of the stories coming out of Citigroup's conference call. So interesting, I kind of think. Not wildly interesting, but I like conference calls. So conference calls come right after earnings. Earnings come every 90 days, four sets of earnings per year. So uh, I'm not really that worried with this earnings season. I'm worried about, to be quite honest with you, the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter of this year and first and second quarter of next year. Um, we're going to hit a soft spot in our economy. That's going to hurt our economy. That's going to hurt earnings. I know that. You know that. As long as I know that, I can change the way I invest and change the way I tell you to potentially invest. Um, but it's that second half, it's that first half of 2011 that I'm, I'm a little worried about because I may have to change my model down 5% or up 5%. And that's a pretty big swing. 
it's a pretty big swing. Next up in the world of moolah, moolah, um, Delta Airlines, world's largest air carrier. Just to show you how the jobs are going in America right now, they said that they anticipate getting about 65,000 applications for its 1,000 airport job opening ups. So across the United States, so 1,000 jobs opening, 65,000 applications. The airline's hiring workers for its 25 biggest U.S. airports to help with planes that are flying at near record uh, capacity. The airlines have done great. The airlines are an intriguing investment right now because they've downsized, they've emerged from bankruptcy, and the economy's starting to pick up a little bit. But when it doesn't pick up in a certain market, they cut planes, they cut routes. You might have noticed this. They're flying with near record percentages of seats filled and weather disruption issues. So during the summer, the company often gets a lot of multiples of applications when the job opens. He says uh, the Delta has about 81,000 employees and previously said the plans to hire about 240 pilots. They're expanding their workforce. Travel demand picks up. Fare increases are sticking. They're helping repair balance sheets, return of the industry to profitability. Now, Delta, they may report second quarter earnings of about $510 million. Airlines don't report a lot of earnings in our lifetime. There's a great investor guy named Warren Buffett. You might have heard of him. One of the wealthiest men on the planet. He has publicly said, I, w- I made a mistake buying an airline. I won't do it again. It's Their cost structure has been wrong. Now, maybe their cost structure in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s are behind us. And welcome to 21st century plus 10 years. Maybe 2011 is going to be the, the dawn of the new Aquarius, so to speak, as far as airlines are finally able to stick to profitability. But um, because of so much restructuring, so much of fixing the previous sins and, and, and previous flaws of, of the company over the last 50, 60 years. But... 65,000 applications or 1,000 job openings. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, beef up your resume. Beef up your resume. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up after the next break, I'm going to do a quick email. I just got one. I don't have a big email bag today. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I'll keep an eye on that Apple press conference. That should be ending anytime soon. I'll do a full recap in the second hour. I'll talk about Google's fall after their quarterly earnings. Is it a buy, sell, or hold? I'll let you know. Any questions, bring them on. 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money, 910 AM. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. This is Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. And now, Rob Black. So I'm still paying attention to this Apple press conference as it's going about. Again, this is a company that I think we all know. Uh, Whether right or wrong, we all know them. I think I'm beating them up a little bit as far as coverage goes. But it's something you're intrigued with. The stock has bounced from down about 3%, 4% today to up 3 to 4% today. Now it's back to break even. So in the last couple minutes, Steve Jobs has gone from focusing on the iPhone and, and some of the issues that statistically aren't material. How the iPhone drops less than one out of 100 calls. How fewer people are complaining about the phone than, than the last phone how they're going to give a, a free case to anyone who wants it, who bought the iPhone. If you already bought a case, he'll refund your money on it. That issue. Um, talking about return rates and situations like that. A um, little update on the um, iPhone operating system update. A little bit there. 
But we, you know, what's kind of interesting is that we've now moved into the call, the um, uh, question and answer period. And the first question that came out was, how's your health? Remember, Steve suffered from, from cancer and had a, 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 a organ transplant. And um, how's your health was the first one. And that's honestly... This whole iPhone flap is bad PR, but they'll get through it as long as it doesn't happen on the next phone. And I assure you, they're already starting to think about, we can't have any more slip-ups. We can't have any more PR people saying something stupid. Their PR firm said it was stupid, said something just inanely dumb when the issue cropped up. Um, Clearly, they're panicking. The first question was, Steve, how's your health? And he goes, I'm feeling great. Love that. Love that. Uh, next question. Any changes in antenna design under consideration? He says, we're pretty happy with the antenna design from the iPhone 4. Better than the iPhone 3GS. Uh, waved a little red flag in front of the bull, but put in the, the grip me here. Uh, very obvious for iPhone 4. A lot of customers say way better reception than 3GS. He says it's possible wizards will come up with something even better. So not going to do anything dra- dramatically different yet. I guarantee you they're looking into that. Next question was, did you know there were concerns from engineers ahead of time? Uh, Steve says the Bloomberg article that suggested that he did was a total crock. So he's totally denying that. Bloomberg's ready to write up a report on that. I guarantee you they're not going to like being called a total crock. Next question for Steve Jobs was, are you willing to apologize? He said, uh, most of the customers own iPhone 4. think it's the coolest thing they've ever owned. Some people are having issues. He says that he apologized to them. As far as investors go, he wants investors in it for the long haul. He says, I have no apology for investors who bought the stock and had it go down $5. Next question was, does Apple force people to choose between form and function? He goes, no. I'll get you more on this as it develops. A couple stories out there that, again, I'm always trying to make you a little bit of money is Coco. Coco squeezes to a 33-year high. And um, Coco is a commodity. There's three types of commodities. There's energy, like oil and natural gas. There's metals like, ooh, good gosh, steel and aluminum, copper and gold. And each of those metals tell you something slightly different as far as when they're heavy demand, what it's telling you about the economy. And then there's agricultural commodities, wheat, corn, cocoa. So cocoa investors have put themselves in a position to demand delivery of more cocoa than is stored in all the warehouses in Europe. So this is a squeeze, and it's pushing the, the, the bean higher, so to speak. Now, cocoa prices have been on the rise all year long. Earlier, probably about six months ago, we saw sugar going through the roof. And sugar, it's a play on India, believe it or not, because it's a play on tea. Um, So cocoa prices would be a play on candy and Hershey and, and situations along those lines. If they're having to pay more for the bean, then you and me are having to pay more for our Hershey bar or our Rolos or Twix bar, whatever it is that's your candy of choice. Um, and it's inflationary. So again, if you're not getting a raise, you're paying more for the food. So I'd probably avoid those stocks in theory. Now, again, way too early to say sell her shares of Hershey. Um, that's not investment advice, but you can see how the price of the cocoa bean, uh, in six to nine months might play out on the price of your Hershey bar. Next big story of news and review was CalPERS. It's the, um, California public employees retirement system. And this is one of those issues that's hanging over California heavy is that we've promised retirement pensions, i.e. income from the day you retire till the day you die. 
Uh, the California Public Employees Retirement System, it's uh, reported today a preliminary 11% investment performance gain for the fiscal year ended in June, following record prior year losses. So they're recouping some of their record losses. The nation's largest public pension fund by assets it reported a 23% slump in the year ended June 30th, one of its worst years ever. Its worst year ever. Some of the biggest hits were from private or alternative investments in real estate. They got killed in real estate. And again, if the biggest employee pension in the United States can fail at real estate, you can die in real estate. You can die in it. This pension systems, uh, the pension's assets rose to $19 billion. Um, $19 billion from the, during the latest year. About $200 billion total. So the period's investment return uh, rebound in excess of CalPERS annual growth target of 7.7%. They target 7.75% growth in order to pay teachers till the day they die. Some people say that number's a little too low, but then again, when you get that 23% lo- losing year, you got to get a lot better than 7.75% to make up for it. Um, I don't know. I, I, to me, that's something that we have to pay attention to. CalPERS administers retirement benefits for about 1.6 million people and their families. So it, it's a true issue to pay attention to. Speaking of technology, and I'm not speaking of technology. That's a transition. That wasn't very good. I'm so sorry about that. Um, Twitter. Recently, we've heard Shaquille O'Neal, when he was getting ready to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers, that he jumped on Twitter. And it, it's kind of interesting to take a look at it. You know, the Let's take a look at the four stars from the four leagues. Who do you think is the number one Twitter account on the in the NBA, which which player has the highest number of, of people following him? Give you a second, think Shaquille O'Neal with three million people in the NFL. Which player has the most people on Twitter following him? And that would be Reggie Bush from the New Orleans Saints. In the world of baseball, this is a little bit of a surprising one. And again, I don't quite get this one. Nick Swisher has one point two million followers. In the NHL, the often overlooked uh, uh, sports league in America, Mike Camilleri with 14,000. Now, again, look at the difference. NBA, 3 million people following Shaquille O'Neal. Football, 1.2 million. Baseball, 1.2 million. NHL, 14,000. That's not good for for the old uh, NHL. Now, it's interesting to note that most followers per tweet, LeBron James comes in number one, 34,000 People follow him for every tweet that he sends out. So it's it's they're actually tweeting to the people that they say they're going to be tweeting to. Um, the people who aren't the most followers or the fewest followers per tweet, that's not even worth reporting. But Reggie Bush sends out a lot of tweets. LeBron James sends out a lot of tweets. Nick Swisher sends out a lot of tweets. Uh, Cam Jansen sends out a lot of tweets. And I, I guess you have to be a – I'm not there yet. Maybe one day when, you know – Kids get older, they'll be following, you know, Tim Lincecum tweets, and, and I don't really care that Tim Lincecum's on the toilet. I don't really care that he ate restaurant in Arizona um, hotel. To me, that's not my shtick. He threw a great baseball game last night, Thin Tim did, and that was nice to see, but uh, I'm not really all that big into the whole Twitter, tweeter thing, but I do have a tweeter account, uh, Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, and I'll probably send something out later today just to prove that to you, Rob Black Show. Maybe I'll put an investment idea into that. You can also find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is a group page. It's I Hate Rob Black. And there, it's free. It's a way for you to follow the show. One day, I expect my boss to come in and say, you're fired. And when he does, I'll just pack up my stuff and leave. But recently, I've had my parking space taken over from me. So let's put it this way. My future doesn't exactly feel very secure in radio. 
when my parking space is given to the uh, another building. That's not good. That's not good in any way, shape, or form. So uh, the group page at Facebook is I Hate Rob Black. I Hate Rob Black. And that's kind of a play on, uh, you know, people who would get all fall in love with themselves and um, a little bit more popular than they think they are. Let's take a quick look at the I Hate Rob Black page and see if anything interesting is there. Um, oh, nice. Um, <laughs> can't bring up that one. Um interesting there's a, there's a shocking post at the group page i hate rob black so go check it out go check it out there's a shocking post that i can't read on air um hmm someone wants me to inter- interview joe rogan he's coming to san francisco doing comedy next month on the ninth work your skills and have a joe rogan interview on your show he's a destroyer who's it was smart and funny eh, i'm not a big fan of joe rogan he's okay he's he's he, I find him to be uh, a little too sensational to be sensational. Just that's that's what he does. Um, someone says, uh, Colby says, hey, Rob, I listen to your show on regular basis. I think it's a very interesting and diverse show for money finance show since you talk about so many things off the wall. I'd like to hear your take on uh, HR 25, S296, the fair tax legislation. Also listen to Neil Bortz, who has written a few books on the subject. Now, first and foremost, I don't listen to a lot of conservative talk or liberal talk radio. It's not my shtick. It's not my thing. So I will never give an opinion on what Rush said. I will never give an opinion on uh, what another host said because it's so taken out of context. It's just not the right thing to do. Um, as far as you know, this this particular issue that he wants me to talk about, I don't know it. And that's another thing that I'll tell you from on, to be honest. If I don't know something, I I tell you straight up, I don't know. So um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to mislead you. Anytime something comes out of my mouth, it's usually pretty well thought out as far as investment decisions on financial issues. You can follow me at Facebook under group page I Hate Rob Black. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Of course, you can call the show, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money, the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.